listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast with your host, Rope Squirrel. Hello, and welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. Now, firstly, I want to get something out of the way. Yes, we have not put out an episode in over a year. Uh, I would originally blame that on COVID, but that wouldn't be entirely true. I just honestly haven't had the time, haven't had the energy, the spoons, so to say. Now, we do have two wonderful hosts, and there is fully the intention of coming back, and we will be back, I promise. This is actually going to be the start of a new push, so we will be coming back. We've actually, ironically, recorded two episodes during COVID. The first one, about every minute or two, there was this huge pop in audio from both sides, and I couldn't identify it. And the problem was going through and scrubbing the audio, bringing it back down, I just it sounded awful. And so I just didn't want to release that one. And then I got a new podcasting set up, and we were doing a trial run after I thought I had dialed in all the levels and it sounded like we were both in the well and so I'm not very happy with that episode either I'm probably going to repurpose some of the viewer questions and current events that were discussed in those episodes and we'll talk about them again but um, I just don't think those episodes are honestly recoverable and I do apologize to Ritzy and Alpine Lynx who both recorded episodes with me and it just didn't come out right. This episode from today was recorded separately and I'm going to talk about it as well. So, like I said, I apologize for the lack of episodes. We are going to try harder. We're going to push harder. I know you all are craving content and I fully intend to give it to you. I need to find a better way of doing my workflow that doesn't just drive me absolutely crazy. (laughs) But anyway, and now for the news, since I know there's been a year worth of news. But this particular article was interesting to me. Pornhub. Okay, yeah, it's like, for lack of a better word, the hub of porn. It's where most people, well, maybe not most, but a lot of people go to get their adult content. Most recently, they announced something. And I think this is indicative of a larger thing that may be happening around the world. Basically, they announced that anybody who's not a verified member, their content will be removed. Now, I can fully understand their predicament. I'm sure there is content that, shall we say, is not either legal or... It's hard to call anything distasteful in the porn community, but... Just things that they don't want on their platform. Let's just put it that way. But they recently responded by taking down all videos of non-verified users. And while I appreciate the big studios doing the work that they do, a big part of Pornhub ended up being these small home movies, for lack of a better word. I mean, our, our phones, everything is becoming almost cinema quality. I mean, apparently my new iPhone can do like Dolby Vision something or other like I could record almost studio quality 
uh, movie quality video on it. Not that I ever will. Well, maybe I will. Who knows? But with our recording equipment getting better and cheaper, it's just making it easier for everyone. So when they were pressured to bring to take down content, the issue came because Visa and MasterCard pressured them into taking down some content that they found distasteful and therefore denying them the ability to make money. Now, I don't know. I'd have to look and see what their actual user base is. I mean, I personally don't pay for Pornhub. I let the ads pay for the content. But I guess they must have a large user base that pays money to get the premium version. And so therefore, if that was a big part of their business model, that makes sense. They, they're worried that they won't be able to survive. And with the amount of content that gets put up there, I mean, they're not quite YouTube, but they're up there. They're, they probably have quite a bit of content and a lot of servers that they have to maintain to keep this site online. Now, the same thing happened to FetLife a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, less than a year ago, where they had to go through and scrub a bunch of content out of the groups. I recall blood play was one. Um, rape play was like uh, problematic, for lack of a better word. It was an interesting time. And now, I mean, FetLife's going like community controlled or something like that. I don't fully understand that, so I won't talk about it, but I know that it's, it's going to be changing. And not everyone, but from people I talk to who seem to know what they're talking about, they seem to think that it's going to go under in less than two years. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm going to try to keep, I'll do what I can to keep the site alive in any way that I possibly can, whether that's promoting it, monetary, whatever it needs to be. But this thing that came up with Pornhub, which I will link to in the podcast, is an article, basically they're have to kill their own platform there a lot of people were uploading content and again some of it possibly in violation of some rule somewhere some sensibility whatever but a lot of it was just people doing things that they liked and wanting to share it with the world it isn't right that these credit card processors have this kind of power it's they they're the dictators of morality they're the arbiters of it and they're allowed to do whatever they want and say, we can have this content. We don't like this content, so you have to take it down or we'll stop processing. It's almost childlike in a way, just somewhat of like, you know, do this or we're not going to be your friend anymore. And that's awful because if I'm, I'm not comparing Pornhub to things like Parler. Okay, so regardless i don't care about your political leanings they're not they're not applicable here but if a single entity can take down an entire website just because they don't approve of something that to me is a little bit scary again not parlor is a complete is a different beast completely and i'm i'm not in support or against parlor or whatever i don't care but the fact that these credit card companies can come in and say we don't like your content you got to take it down or we're not going to process your credit cards anymore that bothers me a lot. It really does. Because who's next? All it takes is for someone who doesn't share our 
open sexuality to head these companies, and suddenly now they're the arbiters. They they can take things down if they want to, and get rid of it. And that this is a dangerous time, and similar to what other groups like the conservatives forming their own platform again, don't I don't care either way. I'm starting to think that we may have to form our own platforms and our own payment systems. That's the only way that kink and adult content is going to stay alive. Because if we don't, all it's going to take is somebody to say, we don't like you, and poof, you're gone. And to me, that's pretty darn scary. I'm sure that if Pornhub goes under, which they might, it's possible. I know they took a lot of the content down, but I'm sure they're still under intense scrutiny. If they go under, sure, there's going to be someone else popping up to fill the void. And there are other websites out there where people can upload content, you know, personal adult content, home movies. They, they exist. There's whole communities out there. I, I haven't looked at the rules of Discord. I'm part of a number of groups on Discord where adult content is posted, so I'm inclined to believe it's not such a big deal if you have an age gate at the start. But it is a dangerous time. So we as kinksters should be afraid, and we as kinksters should be doing everything we possibly can to keep what we love alive. Not necessarily adult content and porn, but the communities that we use to build just community in general. I don't know if kink would be what it is today without FetLife. I don't know if we would even be as tight-knit of a community as we are now. I find all of my presentations i find new places that we can sponsor i find all kinds of things through fetlife and of course other platforms but primarily fetlife it's a great place and there are other platforms too there's whipler there's the cage there's a bunch of others i can think of off the top of my head that are great platforms but we don't want to lose those either and when if they come for one they're going to come for all of them Eventually, just one at a time, and eventually there'll be something distasteful that they want taken down, and that's scary to me. It, it really is. So I will use whatever I can, whatever methods I have at my disposal to keep kink alive, and I hope, my listener, that you will do the same. Because if, if not, I mean, they could even come for podcasts, Granted, you know, I don't make any money off this podcast, so, you know, Visa and MasterCard can't really say too much (laughs) to me about about the podcast, but what if Apple and Google decide that they want to take it down? I mean, I'll always be self-hosted. You can always get the RSS feed and import it into whatever podcast software you like, but what if my host decides to take me down? Sure, I could probably find another host and pop up somewhere else, but it's scary. It really is that anybody could come for me, come for any site that we cherish. Anyway, I know that's not the most exciting thing to think about, but thank you for listening. And now, my listeners, I've got a special treat for you today. I've got Richard here on the line, and he's making a documentary, title pending, of course, that uh, is about BDSM. and. How are you doing today, Richard? Great. Great. I'm doing wonderful. 
It's so great to have you, and it's so great that you're trying to expose more people to the BDSM community. Hopefully, a little bit better than Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Yeah. Um, well, Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't. I didn't see that movie, uh, but I just heard it got terrible reviews. It was like, um, I don't know. It's. It, I think it was like. Uh, it looked like Twilight, but uh, BDSM. Do you know how right you actually are? Oh, is that a good? Is that an accurate description? Um, so actually, the original script for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was Twilight, with uh, Bella and I can't remember the the vampire Edward. name. Edward. What was it? Edward. Edward. Yeah. yeah. It was a Bella and Edward um, fan fiction with BDSM about the two of them, um, but the studio didn't think that that would sell, so she basically did find replace and replaced Bella with. Uh, um anastasia and and edward with christian gray so that's literally all she did yeah i didn't even know that because yeah. they, like the actors still look so pale and like <laughs> lifeless like with just contrived performances that i didn't even i didn't even bother i saw the i saw the spinoff of the um the um not the spinoff the uh parody 50 mm. shades of black with, yeah. with marlon white <laughs> that was funny that was funny it was livelier well, we do have to credit that movie for some things as as emotionally manipulative as it is. And the fact that which I hope is addressed in your, your documentary, the fact that it is Anastasia, she feels that she has to fix Christian Grey to get him off of all this kink, that it's that he's broken because of what his mother did to him and all this all this nonsense. Um, I'm really hoping that that. I have to credit Fifty Shades of Grey because once it came out, we suddenly started noticing an influx of people asking about it, coming to the club to learn what it was and things of that nature. So there are some good points about it. If, if anything, though, it's like I have to make a pamphlet that says, OK, you watch the movie. This is what's wrong. Here's what we actually do. So the whole movie is about this girl trying to get this guy off of his kink because it's ruining his life she feels that he's broken and he even admits that he's broken in some way and that's why he's doing this as opposed to what most bdsm practitioners do where we are perfectly healthy and fine we just like to have a little fun here and there yeah what a shitty plot line yeah <laughs> um yeah it was pretty it was pretty bad. And, and some of the things in it, like there's a contract that she, he has Anastasia Steele sign, which contracts are not every BDSM relationship has one, but a lot use them. Um, and the contract is like dull and boring. And it's like, dude, you're a multi-billionaire. You know, if, if she wants to do some of these kinks that you're refusing to do, why don't you hire somebody to do it? Like it's insane. Yeah. That, that doesn't work. But then there would be no story. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this: Are you are you into BDSM yourself? Are you new to it? What what is your experience? Uh, I guess I'm still kind of beginner to intermediate. I just like I, I watched it when I was younger and stuff, but I uh, start. I just all I do is watch it. Like I don't like ball busting. I don't like well. I don't like being kicked in the balls myself. I, I just like to watch. I guess. Okay. So I, I like a girl that does make the first move because me making the first move, that's uh, um, yeah, too much pressure. I understand that. So, yeah. 
So you, you haven't done any scening before or anything of that nature? You're, you're just, no, you're just no, a voyeur. No, no. Just like to watch. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just like to watch. Okay. <laughs> um, so understand that um, not every kink is for everyone. Uh, one of the big things that that we all, as kinksters, we all learn is there's things you like and there's things you don't like. I don't particularly like getting kicked in the balls either, for that matter. Uh, but if if there was some some boy I was playing with that demanded it, I would do it if I had to, or I would find somebody. I would point him to somebody else who actually enjoyed it. Uh, similar one one similar thing about me. I don't personally like flogging myself. I don't. I don't like to hit people. I, I've always been told not to hit. Well, okay, that's not true. I don't mind hitting guys, but hitting girls kind of bothers me a little bit at first. And I realize that if they're enjoying it, I'm enjoying it. That I don't get any pleasure from actually doing it. I get pleasure from yeah. them enjoying it. And that's the only way I've been able to rationalize it. So you not liking CBT or cock and ball torture in this particular case is perfectly okay as far as kinksters go. Don't worry about it. So I guess, what is your goal with this particular documentary? What is it about? Well, I'm just I'm just trying to gather interviews of like other doms and stuff, and trying to um, normalize it and just show that uh, you know there are people like everyone else. They just have different kinks because you know how when you when you go to church and <laughs> there's some I don't know if your mom caught you watching porn and they uh, that happened to me twice actually. Um, and then you're like, I don't know, you're grounded for a month or something like that. And cause she's totally pissed off at you because whatever reason, maybe it's internal. Uh, I'm just trying to like get rid of that stigma around it because like there's a lot of stigma, stigma surrounding this BDSM culture and, you know, as long as it's safe, sane and consens consensual, like it's no it's no big deal. Like, um, I, I remember I was, uh, I, yeah, I did get caught. I caught, got caught watching porn twice and she was upset. And like, cause a lot, a lot of people in the church and stuff, a lot of nuns, priests, maybe especially the nuns, like they hate porn. It's like it, uh, masturbation is a sin, especially in the Mormon church, you know? It's so weird. That's a sin, but like they have, like 15 wives or something, shit like that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, 15 wives, that's pimp shit. But the the fact that whole no sex before marriage and no masturbation, I, I, I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, what's the point then? Like, if you don't know what you're getting. So it, it's like, <laughs> you you go to church for so long and you get indoctrinated in this uh, fake, holy, what, out in the aura, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, it, that just teaches you that anything you do is a sin, like eating pork is a sin. Like, well, um, everyone does it. Like everyone, and everyone has kinks. So I don't see the big sin in that. Like, I don't see the big sin in eating pork unless they're, Muslims don't do that, do they? No, they don't. No, because mm. I can never. Yeah, I can. I can never do that. Like, go to jail and convert to like Islam or something like that, and not eat pork. And like, no, <laughs> no, no. 
And actually, Kingsters, uh, they've done several psychological studies, and we have better relationships than what we call vanilla folk. Um, <laughs> I wonder mostly, why. Yeah, mostly because we're, we, we talk to one another, we are more open with one another. And honestly, you can, you, can have, you can have those conversations. We can explore all of our sexual urges without any shame or judgment. Or in my case, if there's something like my partner wants to do that I am not willing to do, it's like, okay, you go have fun with someone else, <laughs> but come back and be, and be with me. And so we're able to have that conversation versus let's just hypothetically say a vanilla couple, one of the partners wants to ex explore homosexuality. It doesn't really matter which one. Um, in most cases, that would be like, oh, my God, we need to break up versus in my case, if my partner wants to go and have a little fun with somebody else, it's like, well, go have fun. See if you like it versus stewing for years and years, not able to experience what it is that they're that that they're pining for. And they may try it and go, oh, my God, I hated it. OK, great. <laughs> Come back and be normal. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think that's why. If we did that, then like more than half of the uh, marriages wouldn't end in divorce. It's not that's not even counting the ones that are too lazy or too tired to get a divorce. I don't have true. the money for it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like as Dan Savage says, uh, I don't know if you know who Dan Savage is. He's a he's a kink uh, educator, but he mostly does a radio show. Um, where he talks about he, he he's a gay guy, but he tends to talk about everything as far as, as sexuality goes. And he always says that uh, that basically uh, cheating and things of that nature, it can save a marriage sometimes because it'll it'll let the other person explore something that they wanted that they can't get from their partner. And yet they can stay together. They can still raise the kids, you know, and, and it does. It's it's good in some cases. Cheating is is not a good thing necessarily you should be able to communicate with your partner what you need but sometimes they save marriages <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't didn't dane cook talk about that like he was with this married couple and he asked them how do you make a marriage last 55 years and the old man was like cheat mm -hmm. oh you saw that i did yeah <laughs> it's it's a good it it's a good thought and Usually, I'm not saying that, you know, people who I'm not saying people who cheat are, are necessarily bad. But when you catch your partner cheating, the very first thing should not be to break up. It should be to sit down and have a conversation about why is this happening? You know, why didn't you tell me you wanted this? Why did we go and, and do whatever it is? So it's just one of those things of um, let, let's talk about why you needed this. Now, if it keeps happening, that's a different story. If, if they get caught and then they get caught again and again and again, it's like, well, okay, you can't be trusted, especially right now during these COVID times. And, you know, if being with somebody else could mean you contract the virus kind of thing, but you never know. Or the other kinds of STIs. <laughs> so your goal is to obviously destigmatize the whole BDSM uh, act activity and, and bring more exposure to it. Uh, did you learn anything in particular while you were interviewing all these doms? Oh yeah. Like I learned a whole bunch. Like I thought when I started interviewing these, all these uh, talented women, I, cause I interviewed a sexologist too from Nigeria and you know, they did said it was like totally normal, like totally healthy to explore your sexuality. That's um, cause I thought all these doms, I was just being stupid and ignorant cause I, I watched too much femdom porn, I guess. 
I thought all these doms were actually mean in real life and there were kind of <laughs> rubbed off on their, their uh, um, real life and uh, uh, professional life. It's um, because when I was talking to um, this girl, a goddess Valora, like, dude, I was almost scared shitless because I thought, uh, what if I say the wrong thing? Uh, do the wrong thing and she's gonna think I'm a fucking idiot or something. But I don't know. She was real nice. And yeah. Well, the, one of the things that uh, that you learn in the BDSM community is that uh, uh, the the dominance you see around you, you don't belong to them if you're a sub anyway. Um, so you'll, you'll see some newbies walking in. I used to run an event called TNG, which is stands for the next generation. It's designed for 18 to 35 year olds. So it's a very young demographic. But I'd get some 19-year-olds walking in the door and they call me, I want you to call me Master Tom. I'm like, um, no, you're Tom. No, no, I'm Master Tom. Uh, okay, one, you haven't earned that title. Two, there's no way on earth you've gotten enough experience that we would call you Master. And three, you're freaking 19 years old. There, there's just no way. And I don't belong to you. So I don't have to give you that honorific. Um, so it's an easy way to tell people who get like kind of pissed off that like, you know, er, call me this, call me this. Like, well, clearly you haven't earned it. Uh, basically. So yeah, you, uh, you also learn that um, a lot of these people, like I'm, I, I know some w women and men who scare the living crap out of me when they play, but when they actually, when we're actually having just a sit down conversation, they're normal. Um, there's an individual in my community who I never refer to without the title of master because um, he's earned it in my eyes. But if I sit down with him at a table, he can, I'll just say his name and that'll be it. That's perfectly fine. He doesn't care. Uh, same with myself. I, I've earned a title myself and I don't care if people use it or not. I honestly don't, don't care uh, because I, you, you don't belong to me. Now, if you're one of my submissives and you forget to use the title, <laughs> there, there can be trouble. <laughs> But um, if you're not, then I don't care. Right, right. Of course, that's all consensual, right? Correct. Obviously, yeah. right. Yeah, at last I checked, slavery is not legal in the United States. So <laughs> I, think we have a, I think we have an amendment about that somewhere. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> just, just saying, you know. If I it went to court, I wouldn't be able to hold that up in court. <laughs> That's like a cutaway gag from like Family Guy probably do. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in there. Yeah. So I guess you kind of hinted at one of them. Do you have any, I, I know that you're not like actively in the lifestyle, but are there any particular kinks that you really, really enjoy watching? I do like it when, um, I like it when a man wears a mask and he's naked and he only has his, uh, a chastity device on. And then the girl uh, usually, I don't know, some attractive girl is uh, uh, wearing uh, disco pants or latex or something, and she's rubbing her ass on him. That gets me, I don't know what, that gets me off. Very nice. When is when do you plan on releasing this uh, documentary? God, this is good. Um, this is hard. This could take like up to like one or two years or so because I want to go to AVN or um, I want to go to Exotica. Uh, I want to like just talk to people at yeah, Exotica, Fetish Con. Uh, I mean, it, uh, 
but then with COVID and shit and, um, and everything's out of whack and everything's being virtual. And uh, I heard like Pfizer has like a new vaccine or something. And I don't even know if that's credible because that's like, I don't know, you have to like wait to, after the first trials. I feel like you have to like wait six months before any real side effects kick in. So I'm like, mm, 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 mm. I don't know. Um, but, it, and I want to like talk to like have a sit down with, have a physical sit down with sexologists and kinksters uh, and other doms in my area, at the, in the DC area. And maybe, I don't know, work in, uh, maybe actually talk to some of the uh, most ardent uh, religious of people, like some, you know, those, those old men and women that have never heard of BDSM and they, okay. <laughs> and get their reaction because that would be funny. It, it would be, you might want to bring some protection for that though. <laughs> protection, what, what women? <laughs> Well, um, there are some individuals who uh, vehemently hate kink and all it stands for, and they'll uh, they'll attack you. <laughs> what do you mean, like Antifa or something? Um, no, not not Antifa, but <laughs> th there are there are some people who just literally do not like kink, um, especially the hardcore religious folks. I mean, I'll I'll be frank with you, my my folks like disowned me when they heard that. Uh, that I was into this and, and what? Oh, great. Can I talk to them? <laughs> uh, well, we, we've made up since then and they kind of have said, all right, well, just don't talk about it um, with us. Like, don't, don't mention it in the, I would hesitate to do that because they are very much against it and they would probably murder me again. If you, if you interviewed them, so they'd be like, Oh my God, you're, you're appearing in documentaries now. Oh my God. You have a podcast. <laughs> like they, they think I just kind of do this on the side. They don't know that I go around the country and teach and stuff like that. So um, I would be hesitant to allow that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No. But I can I can probably inter I have some people you might be able to interview that that don't uh, enjoy it as much. They probably won't attack you. But <laughs> oh yeah, great that'd be great. Like just uh, you can just give me their emails and I'll uh, pick their brain out. And if they want to yell at me over the screen, hey, that's fine too. That just makes better content. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. That's a it's a that's a fun experience to come out to your parents i guess it didn't didn't go so well but we're okay now ironically it was they were they told me to stay away and never come back until their computer broke which i'm an it guy as well so then as soon as their computer broke it was like uh i need your help like <laughs> like okay so clearly clearly it's not not as big of a deal as you guys think it is and and whatnot and i guess what's your what's what what are you going to be releasing this on are you going to is it going on Amazon or where, where do you plan on? I would like it. I would like it to go on Amazon. I'm going to like work it on film freeway to submit to film festivals. Like hopefully the, if I save up enough money, the highest tier film festivals, like Sundance, uh, Melbourne, 
uh, Big Sky documentary films. Maybe Tribeca. Uh, if it's good enough, maybe Tribeca. Hopefully it'll catch someone's eye and it, it won't... Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely not going to be a boring subject. You can't turn away from this. Like, it's... It's in your, it, it really, it's literally in your face. They, they, <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Have you, have you tried out Fat Life at all? Are you familiar with that website? Yeah, I'm familiar with it, but I think I got, I got locked out because I forgot my password. Mm, That's okay. the problem. And you didn't just do the password reset? Yeah, I tried doing that, but I got locked out. I don't know what happened. I got to like get a new, uh, I got to create a new account, I guess. All right. Well, Richard, it was really great having you on the show today. I very much look forward to your documentary. Is there anything you'd like to say in closing about your documentary before we let you go? Um, well, it's I don't want to build up too much hype because I don't want anyone being disappointed. Like it's definitely a passion project that I'm working on. Uh, I've met some wonderful people doing this. Uh, I even made a, a fuck buddy here doing this. Um but hey, it's 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 a fun road that I'm on. Check us out on the web, the web. kingofthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at King Chain Show or call us at 804-404-KING. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kingofthechain.com. And as always, stay kinky, my friends.